Have you ever cooked any any nice like French things? Do like a cooking episode where you're like, oh, and they they would have eaten this thing, and then you're also like making it and doing like a little live a little live stream of you like cooking something. I don't know if our audience cares. I mean, like they listen to this. <laughs> Uh, Welcome to Bread and Barricades. I'm Nemo Martin, your host. I use they them pronouns. And today I... Oh, uh, today, well, we're recording on Halloween. Um, (laughs) And on the way back from uh, the the train station, I I bought a, a candy apple. And it really was... I have way too many fillings in my teeth to eat a candy apple I, really i should not have done it um and yeah, i sat great. for like an hour <laughs> deconstructing this candy apple just like sitting there basically in silence as well because i forgot to turn any like music on or anything or like watch a video and by the time that my hands had got sticky from the stick i was like well there's no no return <laughs> so yeah. i just sat there like eating a candy apple basically staring into space um so yeah that was my afternoon yeah that sounds like a good time yeah uh this is stevie she they pronouns primary researcher um i spent all day reloading well not all day consistently but off and on over the day reloading spotify and being like why isn't our latest episode came out <laughs> forgetting that it's not on like the 30th it's on the first Mm. that they came up but i was so close to messaging nemo like what the fuck i need something to listen to (laughs) also it's the 31st not the 30th yeah well because i thought you were a whole day late right i see i see i see i see yes first and 15th it's only been that way for like two years i know i shouldn't have doubted you but it was also all of my I work with three different people. They all traded days with each other. So I was with my Friday boss as well. So my whole my day was completely thrown off. My week's going to be thrown <laughs> off. I was like, hee hee, it's Thursday, near the end of the week, because I'm with this boss. And then I was like, it's Monday. <laughs> oh, so that is tragic. Everything was, everything was wrong today. Um, oh my God, speaking of horrors, though. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I wish this was actually coming out on Halloween instead of us recording it on it. Because <laughs> um, topically, the first chapter is called Cosette's Fears. Mm. And actually, she goes through a lot that I'm like, oh my god. Not just um, spooky skeletons? I wish it was just spooky skeletons. It's like, uh, scarier. Oh no. So, uh, where we'd let off. That Cosette's heart has like re-remembered how to be happy. She's not thought about whoever that little twerp in the park was <laughs> in a little while. Um, she saw our favorite. I can't even. What what did we decide? Theodore slash Arthur's. Arthur. Like was he Arthur? Was it not? Ugh. Was it with Can an it... A? And that's why I always get thrown off. Uh, uh, Alfred. 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 <laughs> I was like some grand character in the uh, old English uh... <laughs> my brain was going Adolf it's Adolf and I was like it definitely isn't <laughs> no, you would definitely not. remember it if it was Adolf did we decide that Alfred was trans because of the name change or just like yeah I think he's trans yeah. so our best handsome uh, trans mask boy Alfred slash Theodore had been like parading past her garden and she was like who's this <laughs> but um because our best boy is ace as well yeah was like look a lot of girls look at me but you know i'm not gonna look back <laughs> basically <laughs> um i don't have time <laughs> yeah 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 too busy marching around in very fancy outfit mm-hmm. as nemo has sent me a picture mm-hmm uh, of the what was it the her Ca- Caval- cavalier 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 but yeah that's well and that that Hugo was like if Marius knew he'd he'd just die <laughs> yeah so that's kind of where we're at that's where Cosette's heart was mm. last we saw her today 
Valjean has gone away on one of, his, one of his little trips that we know he goes on sometimes where he doesn't say where he's going. He's just like, bye. Mm. Well, I guess we know that he's just wandering the streets and like staying in different houses. But for Cosette and um, Toussaint, they're just like, okay, goodbye. <laughs> it's very um, uh, Bishop Muriel behavior of him. That's very true. He learned from the best. Yeah. Where did he go? No one knew. <laughs> so... And also, oh, it's usually when the household needs money that Valjean goes on these little trips. So you're like, that's a very suspicious behavior. <laughs> Valjean, like, maybe if he went not only when they were completely out of cash, it wouldn't be like, <laughs> you're only going to steal. Yeah, genuinely. But that's what he, how he's chosen to live his life. Mm. Um, so he just sort of like leaves for a little bit intermittently. So on this particular evening, she's just sort of sat playing piano to herself um i think it i think it's even it's evening as well so it's already dark out in the drawing room alone when she hears some walking in the garden mm. and it can't be her father because he's away and it can't be Toussaint because she's already in bed and it's 10 o'clock at night she goes over to the drawing room shutter which is closed and puts her ear to it and she can hear what sounds like a man's footsteps. As if he's treading really lightly. As if he's like purposely trying to sound quiet. Mm. And she runs up to the first floor. Throws open her window to look into the garden. And there's a full moon out. Because Hugo loves to lighting direct. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's as if it's daylight. That's how bright this moon is. Mm. But there's no one there. And when she looks out over the peaceful garden and into the street is completely deserted. Mm. So she's like, ah, I'm sure I just imagined that. Mm. It's just a hallucination brought on by the particular music I was playing. <laughs> <laughs> she's playing the monster mash. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so with that in mind, she's like, okay, think no more on this. Mm. Um, and then... So, Kazat, by nature, was not very easily frightened. Mm. There was Gisler blood in her veins, ah. uh, says Hugo. Interesting. Um, I don't remember the that. Blood of the, the blood of the barefoot adventurous. Mm. So I wonder, because that definitely, I feel like that definitely would have jumped out to you if that was how yours yeah. was translated. immediately re- <laughs> reached for my book. <laughs> Um, there was in her veins the blood of the bohemian and the adventurer who goes about barefoot. Let's see uh-huh. the French. Bohemian. <laughs> um, yeah, because we have seen those two, like bohemian and, uh, oh my God, my fucking brain. <laughs> What's the actually not bad? Uh, Romani. Word. Romani. Um, yeah, bohemian and Romani conflated with each other, which has caused a lot of, would you say drama in the Lamus fandom? Yeah, drama. Okay, so we've got Bohemian B O H E with an accent M I E N N E. Because was oh, was there a while ago this came up uh, properly? Was it that the two weren't as conflated until after Victor Hugo? Um, it's that there's. Two, there's bohem and uh, um, uh, that there's two different words, and one is more to do with Romani people, and one is more to do with like Bohemians, as in the like art, the unconventional lifestyle of like-minded people, which involves musical, artistic, literary, or spiritual pursuits. Um, mm-hmm. um, so whereas uh, la bohem with um that accent going down uh b-o-h-e with the accent going down m-e um was the common term for romani people in france because at least in my translation it's specifically like the blood in her veins yeah uh would and i would that be something you would say of like an artistic movement maybe yeah but then you feel like it would have come up before yeah yeah um, I'm on a post by Pilfering Apples, which I'll put in the show notes. And they basically argue that 
the concept of race as Hugo knew it and was working with was not entirely aligned with how a modern American might use it. Hugo refers to Madame Thénardier as being from a race of giants, which clearly doesn't mean he thinks she's from fancy land. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. Great. I think this one's a confusing one. I, um, mm-hmm. they, they've also pointed out the Cosette. Yeah, this one has the like, um, Il avait dans de veines de sang de bohemienne. At the adventure, um, this is a, in a same post as talking about Javert mm. um, and translations of Javert as well. So do we think it's like less literally about her lineage and more like in this moment her spirit? <laughs> I think this one is actually more to do with blood, and the one that is used for um, Javert is more to do with spirit. Ah. Uh which is an interesting one because, yeah, he has raced the Bohems with the accent going down and she has Bohemian with the accent going up. But, yeah, um, I'm not entirely sure. I'm not 100% sure um, if what the differentiation is now because this has really confused me. (laughs) Um, And I don't want to get bogged down with yeah I'm going to look in the dictionary now but i will do after this um to double check but yeah i i i think you're right that with the blood in her veins one but i but then i don't actually think that he means that fontine was intended to be romani because he definitely would have said yeah you can already do this to us yeah. so like the game because <laughs> he like Doubles down, he's like, remember, she's more of a lark than a dove. Wild and brave at heart. Mm. So it's not even like, he's not, whatever he's intending, it's as like a good thing. Mm. Like it's not a negative. But yeah, it's hard to pass after everything we get with him. Oh, okay. So LaRousse, the like French dictionary with the accent going up. So the one used for um, Cosette, the first definition is Gisela Romani or uh, Sigan or like um, other kinds of um, traveler people and then the second is second translation is vagabond but then would it have changed however long it's been since Hugo that's a good question because I mean Bohem going down so the one used for Javert is like a, a bohemian existence scrap your whole phd yeah, this <laughs> one line has thrown it all um who lives from day to day on the margins of society and the like um traveler vocabulary isn't in the isn't in this translation so i think oh okay yeah i think it is really interesting because the connotations of this are yeah like Cosette specifically has the connotations of being a tra- like the blood of a traveler person whereas Javert doesn't his family the the word used for them was the word used for like bohemians mm-hmm. so Hugo <laughs> oh no <laughs> my supervisor is like like <laughs> suddenly like a chill went up her back as <laughs> she realized that Nemo added another like 10,000 words to their yep. PhD. But yeah, that is interesting that she is specifically like said to have this blood in her. God, he'd love to just throw a spanner in, but it was like, I couldn't, can't not be like, in my translation, he says this. Yeah, yeah. Interesting because also I don't think that your translation, when it was about Chauffeur, used the Gisla for him. Yeah, I don't know what. Uh... There's no, I don't know what we can, where we can go from it. Yeah. I mean, okay. Park this for now as an interesting thing to come back to. Um, Yeah. Okay. So just know she's not frightened easy. She's very brave. Hmm. She's wild at heart. Yeah. Um, That's why it was so easy for her to be like, ha 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 ha. I'm sure it's fine. Mm -hmm. But so it's the next day and it's not as late. It's just dusk. And she's strolling around the garden. Jean Valjean is still away and thinks she might hear a similar sound from the night before. Someone walking in the dark under the trees not very far away from her. 
But she's like, no, it's fine. <laughs> I'm sure it's just the rustling of branches. We love to guess like us. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she doesn't pay any notice to it. Um, and she can't see anything. So she's like, I'm fine. But then when she emerges from the shrubbery, she's got to cross her lawn. Mm. And the moon, which is so bright, it's like sunlight, <laughs> um, is behind her. So it's casting her shadow in front of her. So as she's walking, she can see her shadow. Mm. And she stops dead, terror-stricken, because the outline from the moon is clearly showing two shadows. Mm. A particularly startling, terrible shadow with a round hat. Mm. It's the <laughs> No, it's worse. It's the shadow of a man who must have been standing on the fringes of the bushes a few paces behind her. Mm. Uh, like this was like when Jean Valjean was just like creeping around a convent, and then he oh there was God, that whole yeah. like he thought it was a ghost, like it was a nun. It turned out like kneeling on mm. the cross. But it was like, suddenly yeah. Hugo's like, what if I wrote Spooky Tale? <laughs> he, yeah, um, the, the, the actual horror isn't the capitalism or the social inequality, it's actually the scary things in the dark. <laughs> yeah, a man following you around your garden while your dad's away. Yeah, that's away. pretty fucked up, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, all, capitalism, pretty terrifying too but it's something very immediate <laughs> um, she's completely powerless to speak to cry to call out to even move eventually she summons up the courage to really quickly turn around but there's no one there when she turns mm. back to look at the ground the shadow's gone hmm. she does I guess because of this um, mild and brave heart that it turns out she has she like goes and has a little look like searching high and low looking at the gate like I would just be picking it under, into a cupboard <laughs> um, but she's having like she's really chilled but um, she's a horror movie protagonist and we're all shouting at the screen true. just fucking run what's wrong with you but then what if you run into the house and that's where he's waiting no, you run into the street, you run to your neighbor's house and you bang on the door. Yeah, but they don't have neighbors. Oh yeah, that's true. Jumbo Jean. Jean. <laughs> you've really you've really made her into this horror movie protagonist. Yeah. What else is she meant to do? So she's like, is it another hallucination? Two days in a row. Mm -hmm. One hallucination, fair enough. But two? <laughs> ghosts don't wear round hats anyway oh. so the next day Jean Valjean comes home and she tells him what she thinks she saw and what she thinks she heard mm. and she's expecting him to just shrug and be like you silly little girl mm. and he gets immediately white and is like fuck we need to go right now <laughs> yeah literally he looks so worried he's like it could be literally anything the house is haunted <laughs> get his gun and start shooting but that would actually probably make you even more scared. Like, yeah. you probably don't want to be called a silly little girl, but you're like kind of hoping that you're just like, oh, you're just imagining things. But Jean's like, oh no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he goes out into the garden and he's examining the gate very carefully. Um, and she's just like, ah. that night she wakes up <laughs> because she distinctly hears someone walking very close beneath her window mm. she runs to the like she's so brave to like i i would i when i'm paranoid at night i literally can't even like roll over i'm just like locked up mm. but she runs up opens the window again and there is a man in the garden oh. with a big stick no <laughs> and just as she's about to scream the moon thank god it's this moon like daylight <laughs> lights up his profile and you're like for fuck's sake dad <laughs> just give me a heart attack don't tell me that you're gonna do that when yeah. you know I'm paranoid Yeah. but she goes back to bed because she's like oh he really is worried then well at least he's there yeah yeah He's like not blinking, just standing completely stock yeah. still. Actually, like moving around in a like clockwise, like 25 <laughs> degrees every second, just like. Tick, 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 tick. 
Yeah. <laughs> and he does this for two nights in a row. Because mm. um, she can see him through the vent in her shutters. Mm. And on the third night, uh, the moon, <laughs> our daylight moon, it's beginning to wane. Hmm. And it's starting to rise a bit later. So it might have been about one o'clock in the morning. She has hears a great burst of laughter and her dad's calling out, Cosette! Oh my god. <laughs> but like, you're already on edge. You know your dad is like on patrol. Yeah. And then you just hear like laughter at your window. Like, I would have <laughs> died. Yeah. My heart would have given out. Yeah. She puts on her dressing gown, runs downstairs, meets him on the lawn. And he's like, I'm just waking you up to put your mind at rest. I'm like, <laughs> could you... Headed at rest in a gentler way. Yeah. Waited till um, morning, in fact. Yeah. But he's like, look here, here's the shadow with the round hat. And he points at this projected shadow on the lawn mm. um, that does look a bit like a man in a hat, but it's a silhouette of a capped metal chimney rising above a neighboring roof. Mm. So she joins in the laughter and is like, <laughs> ah! They're making jokes about it. Um, about the sinister garden haunted by the shadows of stovepipes. There, we're all having fun here. Mm. Wow, this is so thematic. I can't believe we're recording this on the spookiest of nights. I know. I do wish it would come out today, but <laughs> at least we're getting the ambience. Exactly. Who cares about anyone listening? It's all about us. <laughs> so, Roljon's peace of mind fully restored. He's like, haha, thank God. Mm. You were um, a silly girl, and that's fine. <laughs> And Cassette's like, well, you know, I get maybe that shadow's not in the direction I saw it. And maybe that, uh, you know, when I saw the shadow and then I turned around and I looked back and it was gone. Yeah. Stovepipes probably don't do that, but, you know, it's fine. I was just really scared. <laughs> Her fears are completely allayed? Allied? Mm. she's not got any fears yeah, anymore yeah. this demonstration seems conclusive to her and she's like right put that out of mind <laughs> a few days later however another incident occurred oh no <laughs> there was a werewolf in a hat in a bowler's hat <laughs> chapter 3 enhanced by Toussaint's comments enhance <laughs> So, in the garden, by the railings that let out onto the street, there's a bench, mm. which is protect protected from a hedge, but just within arm's reach, through the railings in the hedge, of an arm of a passerby. Mm. That, it's like, he goes to, is it the, it's the Alfred Hitchcock, Hitchcock thing where he's like, to make suspense, you need to like, let the audience in on something mm. so that they know to be really tense throughout a whole scene. Yeah, yeah. Because he didn't need to go out of his way to be like, you can reach the bench from the street. Yeah. But now the whole scene when she's outside, yeah. just sat on a bench, mm -hmm. you're like, ah, I was going to grab her. Yeah, yeah. So one evening after sunset, <gasps> the spookiest um, time. Yeah, and Jean Valjean's gone out again. Like, Fuck I just me. leaving the house with Jean Valjean gone out. When, how long has it been? How long did it take for him to be like, it's fine? What month was this? So, the last chapter was in the first fortnight in April. Mm. Now we're in the same month of April. Oh my God, it didn't take that long. Yeah. He's gone out, and Cosette sat down on this bench. Mm. She's listening to the wind in the trees. She's just daydreaming. Uh, a sadness kind of comes over her slowly. Who knows what from? Perhaps Fontaine is in the shadows. Hmm. And Cosette eventually rises, looks around the garden, walks on the dew-drenched grass, and just kind of being melancholy in general. Hmm. Um, and then she returns to her bench, and just as she's about to sit on it, she notices a rather large stone that had obviously not been there a moment before. Oh. <laughs> and she cons considers the stone, wondering what it meant. And I was also like, what's the symbolism of a stone? <laughs> and she's like, oh God, it can't just have done this by itself. Someone has to put it through here. Mm. Um, and that's really terrifying to her that someone could just reach through. Yeah. 
this time her fear is genuine. It's like there's no room for doubt. I can't imagine this. Like yeah. the stone is here. Yeah. You don't get much more concrete than a stone. <laughs> so this time she does just flee into the house mm. and locks everything, locks the shutters, bolts them. Um, and Toussaint is home and up this time. So she's like, Toussaint, is my dad back? Mm. She's like, not yet, mademoiselle. And then Hugo is like on a weird, re- I don't know, is not redemption path, but he, he, last ch- chapter, he gave us something to really mull over. This one, in brackets, he says, we've already noted that Toussaint has a stutter. Mm. So let's not dwell on it any further. We yeah. are loath to make a song and dance about any handicap. Yeah. I remember reading that and being like, I don't know. Okay, well. <laughs> I could feel myself do the, like, like a dog when they're like, Because <laughs> <laughs> in one part of me, I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool of him to be like, great, she has a disability, you know this now, you don't need to, like, bear, it doesn't need to be, like, repeated anymore. Yeah, I'm not gonna write her stutter. Yeah. And then the other part of me is like, why did you bring it up again then? <laughs> like, <laughs> you didn't have to say that. Mm. Maybe because yeah. people would be like, oh, why isn't she stuttering all the time? I thought she had a stutter. Yeah. True. So, like, yeah, where you're like, I feel like we've dwelled on things people's disabilities before yeah. you go. but then you're like well it's nice to see a character arc happening before my eyes <laughs> yeah so yeah he gives us that aside so he won't be writing her statue mm. um i guess is why he inserted that and valjean a man given to reflection and to nocturnal strolls often didn't come home until quite late at night so he's not home and he's not gonna be home for a while um, so Cosette's like, Susan, can you just like be really sure that you bar everything tonight? And you know those little iron things that are inserted into those little rings for pinning them? Just make sure, like, whatever those are, can you make sure that they are? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and Susan's like, yeah, don't worry. Um, and she does all that, she's good for her word. Because mm. that's like, oh, you know, it's just, you know, it's quite isolated out here. I've never really <laughs> thought about it before. You know, I've just realised that we don't have any exit strategy. And <laughs> um, if we do scream, there aren't neighbours around to hear us. <laughs> and then Toussaint, who definitely started listening to Combefer and Kufarak's true crime <laughs> podcast until she realised it was just about some buffoon yeah. but has her own true crime podcast uh-huh. is like that's true, you'd be killed before you could utter a word <laughs> and what with monsieur not sleeping in the house either never fear mademoiselle, I close the windows as if this were a prison Women on their own, of course it makes you shudder. Can you imagine seeing men come into your room at night telling you to shut up and suck to cut your throat? <laughs> it's not so much the dying, everyone dies, it's only natural. We all know we've got to die. <laughs> it's the horror of feeling those people touching you. And then their knives. They probably don't cut well. <laughs> oh dear God. <laughs> I do love her quite a lot, but yeah. Like, <laughs> no tact whatsoever. Not one brain cell. I love her. Yeah. Because it's like, say no more. <laughs> Please. Just, just close up. <laughs> so, yeah, if we know nothing else about Tucson, it's true crime enthusiast. Yeah. Definitely should have her own podcast. Yeah. Uh, love to see it. <laughs> yeah. Question mark. Um, yeah, that really further terrifies Cosette, can't imagine why, <laughs> and is now thinking back like, oh, that weird stuff did happen only the other week. Mm. So she doesn't dare, Cosette doesn't dare say to Toussaint, like, someone put a stone on the bench because she doesn't want to open the door and let the men get inside. Mm. So make sure it's all, the house is secure, has Toussaint check over the whole place, which she does. Um, and she's like in bed, can't sleep mm. all night long. She's just seeing that stone as big as a mountain and full of caves. Yeah. But then it's sunrise, and characteristic of sunrise is that it makes us laugh at all our night terrors. Mm. So 
because that's like, ha ha ha, what a nightmare. Um, you know, it's like those footsteps I heard the other week or that shadow of the stovepipe. Mm. Like, I'm sure it's nothing. Am I going to become a coward? Hmm. And it's so sunny outside that she's like, it's nothing. I'm just going to go outside and have a look. Mm. I imagine the stone just like I imagined everything else. <laughs> but she runs down to the bench and is like, oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> Immediately breaks out in a cold sweat. Yeah. And because there is the stone. Yeah. yeah. A nightmare seen in the light of day. <gasps> <laughs> the telltale stone. Yeah. Um, but what is dread by night is curiosity by day. So, again, brave. She's just like, pat. Let's have a look at it then. Yeah. Picks it up. It's quite a large stone. And there's something underneath it mm. that looks like a letter. No address. No seal. Mm. Um, but there's some sheets of paper inside of it that look like a little pamphlet. <laughs> a zine. <laughs> it's literally a zine. Every page is numbered. <laughs> and it's like what written in tiny nerd. writing. <laughs> Um, when she sees this, she's not no longer filled with dread, no longer curiosity. She's it's just an onset of anxiety. Yeah, and she's right to feel that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Some stupid piss boy has written <laughs> loads of thoughts on a piece of on a wad of paper. He, she has right to be scared. Yeah, but an irresistible fascination comes over her which like I guess like to be fair you'd be like what is all this yeah you would want to have a little look yeah she has a look around pigeons are flying over the roof it was the pigeons uh, <laughs> it was the pigeon um cause she's like trying not to look at the pages and her trembling hands and she's like looks at the garden looks at the street looks at the pigeons mm. and then her eyes fall back to the handwritten booklet and she's like I have to know what's in this <laughs> And the worst horror of all. <laughs> it's some boy's thoughts about love. <laughs> it's a it's a Naruto and Sakura fan fiction. Oh my god, I wish that is what it was. <laughs> it's like so the next chapter is just the pamphlet mm. as she sees it. Um I can't read the whole thing. Mm. Oh, at least I shouldn't. Mm. <laughs> because you're like like my brain, like certain bits I've like underlined and was like, ah, okay. Um but my brain was really trying to like glance off it. <laughs> I genuinely don't remember this booklet existing, which obviously oh. means that my brain was like, cat, do not you cannot read this. <laughs> Don't interact. Well, so in my book, it's one, two, or oh, three. It's three and a half pages. Mm. But if I read it really quickly to get it all out, because it is a lot of paragraph breaks, it's literally he's like, here's a single sentence, mm. next paragraph. But you just won't take it all in. Yeah. Surely. <laughs> so shall I just. I'll do like the first bit and then the bits that uh, drew my attention. Sure. This is what she read. Chapter title. A heart beneath a stone. <laughs> the universe reduced to a single being. A single being expanding to encompass God. That is love. Love is the angel's greeting to the stars. How sad the soul is when sad for love's sake. What emptiness in the absence of the person who fills the world with the soul being... Oh, how true it is that the beloved becomes God. It would be understandable if God were jealous, but not the almighty father obviously made creation for the soul and the soul for love. It's interesting. There's a line in, in the musical, I think it's the one at the end, which is to see, to, uh, to love another person is to see the face of God. Oh, Yeah. Didn't realise that came from fucking Marius. Jesus. <laughs> of course it did. Well, spoilers. <laughs> but who else? <laughs> well, literally, we'll get to it because that's like, there's only one man who could write this. <laughs> Doesn't even question it. It's like, I've seen a limp boy. 
with just the glimpse of a smile beneath a lilac-trimmed white crepe hat, the soul gains entrance to the Palace of Dreams. But, so it's a lot of this, a lot of, like, not connected sentence, well, like, those sentences, there's, like, paragraphs occasionally, but it's, like, each break is, I'm guessing, just, like, a different page in this pamphlet. Mm. So it's not, not all of these ideas are necessarily connected, and, like, she gets into what she thinks this is, and we must agree with her, (laughs) um, that... She's like, oh, this is just some like pure rambling from some man's heart and soul, not necessarily connected, just like a pure outpouring or whatever. Oh, so that's why it's like, what is happening? Yeah, it's like his dream diary or something. It is his dream diary. Mm. Love is sufficiently powerful to entrust the whole of nature with its messages. Oh, springtime, you're a letter that I write to her. Oh, God. (laughs) The future belongs more to hearts than to minds. Like, so (laughs) trying to, like, besides being, like, it is clearly from the boy who saw the girl in the park. So it's clearly Marius to Gazette. Mm. Um, Like, we immediately get that um, because he also sprinkles in a lot of these little moments that happened between them Mm. i guess and there's like a lot of the like love and nature being god so very capital r romantic Mm. god can add nothing to the happiness of those who love other than to give them everlastingness Mm. you look at a star for two reasons because it is bright and because it is impenetrable Uh. you have beside you a sweeter radiance and a greater mystery a woman which is penetrable (laughs) he didn't say that last part don't like it though to die for want of love is dreadful suffocation of the soul like occasionally there's something where you're like there's a line but there's so much of this around everything yeah that I was like, stay focused. You're okay. You can make it through. Um, I had a very um, I had a thought where I was like, oh, should I say this out loud? But then, but then it would. I was like, what if I surprised Stevie at their wedding <laughs> <laughs> by reading out this entire letter? <laughs> As if all the because he gets into the like. Occasionally, the little allusions to like how they met and have seen each other. Yeah. So we just have to pretend this is how it happened for us. Yes, yes. Well, I just have to like replace um, Luxembourg Park with MCM <laughs> Green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like me and Nemo are not poetry people. <laughs> I'm sure it's been said, and if it hasn't been said, I'm sure that's come across. Also, both of us are. They cringed out by uh, too many feelings, even though I love to have them. Uh, So maybe we type this all out, send it to our poet friend, and be like, oh, what do you make of this? (laughs) Not say that it's Marius, and then we get a, like, raw, uncut opinion Mm. from a poet on, like, this isn't, is this poetry? (laughs) I don't know. Because it's so disjointed, I feel like it is. It's but like that's from someone poetry. who doesn't like poetry. <laughs> yeah. We have to like put it in a in a um interesting format. He kind of already is. Mm. I was like as I was reading it, I was like, what if you did cause uh uh Kath, our poetry friend, like does poetry nights. I was like, what <laughs> if we just perform this as if it was ours? Just to get actual feedback of people not you know like without because if someone was like here's marius from leaving yeah. thing no matter what it was i'd be like it's shit yeah, 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 yeah. oh man my soul is shriveling up inside me <laughs> there is only one thing you can do nemo oh think of her <laughs> so intently that she is compelled to think of you i think that if you performed this and Sarah was there, that people would believe you. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but would they be like, oh, that's sweet because you feel those things, but be really be like, this is shit? Um, I think queer love trumps all. That's what I want to know. <laughs> like, that, I want the opinion 
not unclouded. Yeah, well, we've got to do it before the episode comes out because Kath listens okay. to these things. Yeah, the one but person then... we know will listen. <laughs> if we send Kath a poem, they feel like they'll know it's suspicious. <laughs> That's true. Like we've sent them a bomb. <laughs> like, what do you make of this? <laughs> Nothing satisfies love. Lovers of happiness, they want paradise. They have paradise. They want heaven. So he's, I guess, admitting to a very, um, oh my God, well, I I should just write my notes as I think them as I'm uh, going through the book. Oh my God, what's the word for just like, that's what what happens. You have one single thought about a stupid poem one time and you can't even remember it. (laughs) Fuck poetry. Yeah, it felt like I was back on my poetry courses, like, say something smart. When it's, like, excessive. Mm. There we go. Mm. Like, his love is in excess, and then it kills everyone else (laughs) in the cast. (laughs) Because what was... Was this something we were talking about? That there was some, like, text or poem, I don't know what it was, that it was, like, we would read and be like, oh, that's nice. But because it was talking about how excessive everything was, in the context of the time when people were like didn't have much, they would have read it as a bad thing to be feeling this something in such oh, excess. Hmm. Was that you and me? The ending of that sounded familiar. Mm. This is just two people with absolutely zero ability to recall <laughs> anything about the world or themselves or things that have happened to them, being like, wow, that really sounds intimately familiar. <laughs> In a year's time, I'll be able to remember it yeah. perfectly. Yeah. Um. Well, maybe we said it. Mm. We're going to listen to the new episode when it comes out tomorrow, and it'll be like that's when we said it. Um. It. I feel like maybe it was um Voltaire. Well, we always like to blame Voltaire. Yeah. And invoke. Well, I feel like regardless of the context or whatever. <laughs> Like, because he says nothing satisfies love, like, that sort of implies that, like, the excess being, like, oh, it's probably not good. Yeah. And then he does his, uh, shows his whole ass. Does she still come to the Luxembourg Garden? So you're like, okay, Mm. I knew it was you, but now we know it was you. No, monsieur. This is the church where she attends mass, is it not? She doesn't come here anymore. Does she still live in this house? She's moved away. Where has she moved to? She didn't say. <laughs> My God. What a dire thing it is for a man to not know the address of his soul. Jesus. <laughs> oh, here's the one that I wrote Edgelord next to. Um, <laughs> oh, to, to lie side by side in the same tomb, holding hands, and gently to caress each other's fingers now and then in the shadows. That would satisfy me for eternity. Oh my god. You know what the- we should... Sorry, you got excited. You go. You go. You go. I feel like we're going to say the same thing, though. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I feel like we should publish this as a L light fan fiction from Death Note and then see <gasps> oh. what reception we get from it. I think we need to be publishing this in every which way we can. <laughs> that isn't what we're... Because that was the line that I was like, I who have gone to support Poetry Friends set mm. in Poetry Nights, that's a line that someone would say at a queer Poetry Night and everyone would like, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> we're all edgy. <laughs> so that's why I was like, maybe it's good, actually. <laughs> but I just really struggle to have opinions on poetry, except for just like, oh, it's about feelings, but in a very, like, metaphorical sense that I find it difficult to relate to. Yeah, I mean, you know... um, some queer people in the 19th century really tried to claim Victor Hugo for queerness, um, especially mm. his poet side, because um, he wrote he wrote under the poet name Olympus, because of course yes. he did. <laughs> and there was, um, I can't remember their names off the top of my head, but there was a queer couple who kept writing him letters being like, hey, we know you're not a homosexual, but we just want you to know homosexual poet underground love your work <laughs> if you ever want to like you know be one of us for sure for sure um, we'll take you yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. oh my god so, you know they definitely you know well probably did hear marius's uh love poetry and go mm, mm, yeah mm. yeah so we co have the pen name olympia <laughs> 
and repost it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And see what happens. Yeah, yeah. We're trying to just um, do the work of those two queer men by like bringing him into the the queer underground in the in the present. Which does also kind of relate to us in the next chapter, but um, with all of this, <laughs> we'll force a queer reading and see what that does for the reception. <laughs> um, but later on, um, when Cosette's thinking about what she's just read, mm. she falls into a deep seraphic love, yeah. which my dyslexic brain read as sapphic yeah. love and was like, what? <laughs> But it's seraphic, like a seraph mm. or seraphim, which is angelic, mm. an angel. Mm. So I was like, oh, almost. <laughs> Dyslexia makes it better again. Yeah. You, um, you read the, the true secret book that Hugo wrote underneath Lamers for specifically which, for the dyslexic English reader. Yeah. <laughs> for me. Yeah, more of the same. Whoa, alas. To any that have loved only bodies, forms, appearances, death will deprive them of everything. To try to love souls, you will be reunited with them. Mm. And then just like, oh, to be a young lover, his hat is old, his clothes are shit, <laughs> the holes in the <laughs> elbows, and you're like, oh, I wonder who you're writing about yourself. <laughs> in your water-filled shoes, stars filling his soul, gloriness of love, da 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 he ends with, if there was not someone who loved, the sun would be extinguished. Hmm. So, love's love. <laughs> love is love. Because uh-huh. uh, after that, like, uh, we spoke for like, we've, we faffed for like 10, 15 yeah, minutes yeah. in the beginning, right? Yeah, we did. Um, so we'll get us through this fourth chapter. Cosette yeah. reading this gradually fell into a daydream. Just as she looked up from the last line of the booklet, the handsome officer, <gasps> at his usual time, walks past oh my the God, gate. It's messy. <laughs> and I was, yeah, same as you, was like, oh my God, she's going to think you wrote it. But no, she's like, she finds him repulsive. <gasps> um, yeah, I was like, how dare how you? How <laughs> dare you, Cosette? Oh my God, you don't deserve him anyway. Don't like absolutely just doesn't like. How could you? Um, <laughs> she's lo- looks back down at the booklet and she's like, "Oh, that's some lovely handwriting." Oh no, it's um, not chicken scratch. <laughs> and this is where she's like, she's full on Sherlock Holmesing this shit. Mm. Where she's like, "Oh, it's all penned by the same hand, but with different inks, and I can tell because some are more black than others. It's like he's had to water it down mm. uh, on different days." This was a mind that had been. And burdening itself side by side, irregularly, unmethodically, indiscriminately, erratically, at random. So I was like, okay, so it wasn't meant to be a coherent piece. Good to, like, I could get that, but good to have some fact. <laughs> Glows before her eyes, bathed her heart in a strange light. Because her education, like, as has been said before, like, it was just about learning about the soul but like never about love like Mm. the convent had like gone out of its way to like remove anything to do with love Mm -hmm. so you're like fair enough that like this is such a pure uh uncut diamond of uh, some (laughs) sad feelings that you would be like whoa (laughs) um she wasn't prepared for this and it's like it's revealing everything about love to her Mm. um and everything that love is, sorrow, destiny, life, eternity, the beginning, the end, she sensed in these few lines a passionate, ardent, generous, question mark, mm. um, honest nature, an inspired will, a boundless sorrow, correct, a boundless hope, kind of, a heavy heart and a rapturous ecstasy. No. Um, you could do better. <laughs> no, he's literally walking in front of me. God is like, here's a... <laughs> yeah. It's a theater, consider. Um, but this is like a message of love delivered by an angel. No. And read by a virgin. No. Thanks, Hugo. Well, um, because she is in a horror film, so she does need to be a true. virgin. If she wants to survive. Yeah. Uh, the love letter of a phantom... <laughs> To a shadow? 
a phantom of the earth <laughs> is here. This had been written with a foot in the grave and a finger in heaven. Oh, gosh. I don't like that. <laughs> there are some lines in there where it's like, oh, I didn't... Well, you know, he's got those bits about like, oh, if only we were laying in a tomb together. Without love, we'll die. Like, there's, there is that sort of like, hee hee, how nice love is. I'm going to just like, wither away without it. So she's got the finger on the pulse of whatever is going on with Marius's mental state. Like, we know he's just been, like, miserable in a room for months. Yeah. This is um, my emo boy, and love never dies. Which, like, for her age, like, that is exactly when you are. Yeah. In that way, so I can't fault her. She is Team Edward. That's true. Who could these pages come from? You didn't hesitate for a second. One man only. Mm-hmm. It was he. She. He. he. <laughs> there was a return of daylight to her soul. He was there. She thought that he'd slipped from her mind, but, and like, she had forgotten him, forgotten him, but he had found her again. Had she forgotten him? No, no, she hadn't forgotten him. No. Um, she was crazy to have thought for a single moment she'd forgotten oh, him. Yeah. She'd always loved him, always adored him. Mm-hmm. The fire that had banked in her heart has gone deeper and has now burst into a flame. She can see that now. Um, this booklet was a spark. <laughs> Reigniting it all. It's everything I'd read in his eyes, is what she says. So, like, she... <laughs> All of his little like lovelorn ramblings, she had like seen that in his face. Like I really do respect that she reads that and is like, I know this bitch. <laughs> yeah, genuinely. That he is her pathetic meow meow, and we can't take that from no, her. No, no, yeah. She she likes a sad little rat man, and who are we to judge? She is on Tumblr yeah. in twenty twelve. It's true. She's like, he worships me, and we're like, you know what? You're right. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't mean we're coming around to him. <laughs> no. We're respecting Cosette. Yeah, she can love a man who obviously, well, <laughs> I don't know. It's a bit. <laughs> You'd wish that he would not. I don't know. Okay, so my thought process was you would wish that he would be able to polish those thoughts into something that was a bit less like creepy. Here's every thought I've had about you for the last like year. But then I was like, oh, but she's like respecting the fact that he's not like editing himself for her. Mm. She's like, ah, like he wouldn't lie. He can't lie to me because I see every thought on this page. So, yeah hate everything that's happening right now. Yeah. Wish he hadn't crept around her garden freaking her out for a couple nights. Genuinely. (laughs) But yeah, no, I guess now she's into it. She runs back into the house with her little pamphlet, her manuscript, to reread it, learn it by heart, and to daydream. Kisses it, tucks it into her bodice. Quite scandalous. Um, Her fate is sealed. She's fallen to deep Serific love, <laughs> not sapphic. Because mm-hmm. um, I was going to be like, oh my god, the trans Marius fix were right this whole time. Because <laughs> that knew before Marius. Mm. But angelic love. Eden's abyss has been reopened. No, don't like that either. <laughs> She's just in like a bit of a daze after this point. Just like, whoa, like what? <laughs> what do I even do now? Like, doesn't want to make promises to herself, but she doesn't want to deny herself anything. Mm. She just turned pale and like shiver <laughs> for a while. Um, she seems feels like she's in a dream. And is like, is this real? And then she'll like <laughs> feel her bodice, and that will mean that she can feel the like edge of the paper on her skin or whatever, mm. and. It's like, oh yeah, against her flesh. Because um, it's like, oh no, it happened. Yeah. <laughs> if Jean Valjean had seen her in this moment, he would have quaked before that luminous and unfamiliar joy brimming in her eyes. Mm. Oh yes, she thought, this is surely his. It comes from him, for me. So she's so into it. Yeah, she is. Uh, and she's like, this has been the intervention of angels, like a celestial blessing has given him back to me. 
Not one thought to be like, hmm, bit creepy about the fact that he started off his letter being like, wow, I really can't find her anymore. <laughs> but now I, I have found her. Wow, stalking really works out right in the end. Yeah, yay. Oh, and then Unforgivable again. Uh, I missed this bit out. It must have just upset me too much. <laughs> Um, so while she was still outside doing her many rereads, mm. she looks up and Lieutenant Theodore passes in front of the gate again. Mm. And, it's, and you can hear his spurs rattling and that's why she can't help but look up. And she found him dull, inane, stupid, feckless, conceited, disagreeable, impertinent and very ugly. What did he ever do to you? I know! The officer thought he should smile at her and she turns away, ashamed and indignant. She would gladly have thrown something at him. Oh my god, Cosette! It's like, oh! <laughs> he was just like being polite. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> He's like, oh well, she looked up so it'd be a bit like mean to just like look away or whatever. Okay, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll give her a smile. And he sees her like picking up the fucking rock. <laughs> Is that like don't want women to have to yeah, smile? Yeah, at yeah, 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 yeah. But then you're like, he's literally done that. That I really thought for a second that we were in some sort of teen drama mm. in the fic. I guess is what I thought we were in. Yeah. That you know when she's read reads a pamphlet and looks up and he's there. That she was I thought it was him, mm. and that would have been a whole like. Haha, <laughs> hijinks, he really wrote it. She would <sighs> never, ever mistake who sent her that letter, Stevie. I know, it's true. Don't know how I could have thought it. <laughs> she knew that she was like, that's a whole man, and this was written by a sad sack. <laughs> my sad sack. My little, my little rat boy, the one <laughs> behind the trees. Yeah, the one lacking in behind the tree, probably right now, even. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's like, oh, this celestial blessing, intervention of angels. What this celestial blessing actually was, the intervention, the intervention of the angels, was that ball of bread tossed by one thief to another over the roofs of the prison, mm. which we had read about earlier. Mm. So, oh no, which was the boy that was sending these little balls of bread? Oh, it wasn't Brujon. Maybe, or um, let's say it's Brujon. I can't remember. Yeah. Well, whoever it was. Yeah. <laughs> he was briefly in solitary confinement. Mm. So, I guess, just imagine all of those <laughs> rough, tough boys, but with little angel wings. Oh. Just because it. <laughs> yes, yeah. Because you know, like, in the fic, which, like, does this fic exist where it is the, like, Marius is leaving these little love letters, she thinks it's his cousin, hmm. the cousin is, like, too... either doesn't really understand what's happening, or is too polite to tell her otherwise, but I think that he's a bit too upfront. Mm. Um, so Marius, like, keeps doing the letters, and she falls in love with the letters and not the handsome boy. So Cyrano de Bergerac. That's that. There's a play called Cyrano de Bergerac where that is the plot oh. of the story. <laughs> where oh, okay. um, uh, there's like a really unattractive dude called Cyrano who's been in love with his childhood best friend, who's the most beautiful person in the world, but they're like just old friends, and she like falls in love immediately with this handsome man who cannot write for shit. And so Cyrano writes letters to her, but but the guy, the handsome guy, is the one who delivers them. Mm. And Cyrano is like, "Oh, I'm just helping you get together with her." And he's like, "Hell yeah, dude! Thanks, <laughs> um, love that for me." Uh, and yeah, and yeah. It, it, basically that and 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 she falls in love with the letters and when she tries to get the the, ha the hot dude to like improv some <laughs> oh my just to her he's like uh yeah sure you are beautiful and uh i love you and she's like what the fuck is that 
And he's like, it's a love letter. And she's like, no, it's not. Give me the clever letters that you've been sending me. And he can't because they weren't his. And um, yeah, plot, other plot happens. It's a pretty, it's pretty, well, they made a film of it. Um, yeah, I'm remembering the bus ads now. Yeah, they were I didn't everywhere. know that that was the plot. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, so I kind of thought we were getting into that kind of sitch just to add some more comedy hijinks. Mm. But I guess it's same as. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually makes it more surprising that Hugo didn't take the time to waste our time. Yeah, that's true. Actually, it wouldn't have been a waste of my time, and that's why he didn't do yes, it. Yes, yeah, yeah. He knows he wanted it too much. I would have reveled, because you can just, like, you just know Marius would have been in a state. Mm-hmm. And that's that. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I feel like this is also a wrap on Theodore. Well, after that, I too would, if he could read that look in her eye, would be like, I'm not hanging around this plot. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's experiencing a better story somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Our story. Yeah. We'll pluck you from obscurity like the Phantom. I feel like he would do well in the relationship with Kufarak and um, Confer. Um, uh-huh. in the in their podcast like they're podcasting outside of Cosette's house and he's like um, <gasps> hey what are oh, you yeah. doing and they're like oh no we're just following um, this dude he's like stalking her and we're just making sure that he's like this is creepy but like not an extra step of creepy and he's like oh, alright cool and he sits with them for a bit and then is like oh shit yeah that's my cousin um, <laughs> yeah that's his uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'll also sit here and be like responsible for him. And they get chatting. Did you have you seen the those? Um, I mostly see their TikToks. It's like a podcast on the street. I don't know what they're actually called. I think it's something like that. But it's basically these two guys who sit at a table and like in the middle of random places, and then just ask people to sit down and talk to them. Um, I feel like that's what I've been imagining. Kufrak and Confairs podcast uh-huh. to be like like they just have like a table and they just sit down in the middle of the street and just <laughs> talk to people anyone who looks like they've all interacted with whatever marius <laughs> is doing they're like what's your insight on this yeah literally <laughs> they get tucson on oh my god yeah <laughs> and that's where she's like oh i thought it was gonna be a crime but like here's what i thought was gonna happen <laughs> and they're both just like Enthralled but horrified yeah, and scared. Yeah, yeah. But supportive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are a bit like, hey, um, just so you know, I don't think it's good for your like mental uh health to be listening to so much true crime podcasts. Um <laughs> she's like, fuck you, and then stabs them. <laughs> and she was the real villain all along. Oh, it is fun to think about all the supporting cats having. <laughs> just like even even without the like hijinks, just like discussing like what do you even? Because because uh, Marius told uh, no, actually did Mar- did Marius tell Kufarek all of? He's told him a lot of the cut goings ons, but Theodore would have had the insight on the like that time he was told to follow Marius. Mm. Yeah. To the church or something? Yeah. Like, he would be coming and giving them some more threads. Mm. Well, we really did go from the, like, Victor Hugo was writing a horror mm. in the first half to Nemo and Stevie's actual horror in the second. <laughs> yeah. Uh, poetry. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we will be uh, publishing his works under our own names. Uh, I feel like it's an, deserved. I feel like we can is, get away with it. And uh, yeah, is the book not out of copyright? Um, uh, I, I think it is, but also like with these big ones, it's not just one place of copyright. Um, and they also have an estate that you have to like get permissions from. Um, so yeah, we're like it'll be funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll see us in court when we get taken <laughs> away for it. That's what we go. That's what we get imprisoned for. 
copyright infringing Marius's work. Yeah. That's what I wouldn't mind going down. Actually, is that really embarrassing? That's pretty. It's pretty cringe, bro. Yeah. We were like stealing from Marius, but then like we're stealing from Marius, which is pretty. Pathetic. Yeah, the fact that we have to steal from Marius, I feel like yeah, is that's the, true. Is the like leading line there rather than like oh, it's for a bit. Yeah. Okay. True. But also embrace the cringe. Like, cause that is. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. How did that all make you feel about Hugo, about Marius, about the the goings ons today? What did we learn today, Nemo? I, I feel like I mostly had the swings and roundabouts about Cosette, <laughs> which mm-hmm. I always go through where I'm like, oh, you know, we should respect this female character because she doesn't get a lot of cool stuff happen to her. And, you know, she had some pretty cool stuff happen in this. And she was pretty, oh, yeah, that stuff about um the race, which we'll look into and mm. her confidence and all that kind of stuff. And then she ended the chapter where she kind of like from now on, remains which is the like ingenue like in love i only exist Uh for marius kind of thing so we're witnessing the demise of her character (laughs) marius's fault yeah yeah so Uh um yeah that that's where we are (laughs) yeah a lot of big feelings yeah so leaving on those big feelings um this has been brad and barricades lamer's podcast it was produced by me, Nima Martin. It was a Captain's Collections podcast. And if you have any comments, questions, or quibbles, you can email us, lamerspodcast, L-E-S-M-I-S-podcast at gmail.com, or on Twitter, lamerspodcast, or on Tumblr, at Bread and Barricades. If you like this podcast, you can review us, you can give us five stars anywhere that you like to give people five stars, or you can donate to our Ko-fi or our Patreon, Patreon both of which are in the show notes. Our audio designer is Jade, who you can find on her website, jdwasabi.com, or on her bandcamp, jdwasabi.bandcamp.com. Thank you for listening. Peace! (laughs) It is a strange thing, this. Did you know? I live in darkness. There is someone who went away, taking with her the sky! (laughs) No! No! Please! (laughs) Torture of the most unreal and cruelest kind! You who suffer because you love, love yet more. To die of love is to live by love. Be in love.